Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you're listening to Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. This week, I'm very lucky to have my second international guest all the way from London, UK, is Danny. Uh, We're going to leave his last name off for this one. And he's originally from Miami, Florida, so you can expect a interesting interview with an expatriate slash maybe returning patriot. Uh, Danny, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you. You're a very, very good friend of my wife, and I met you uh, for the first time at our wedding, and you were just instantly charismatic and awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome. Well, I am excited to hear your thoughts on life and death, um, and I know just only one thing about you that you told me in a pre-interview which I'll probably bring up. But for now, actually, let's just get to know you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your age. I already said you grew up in Miami. And uh, what, what generation do you think you belong to? Um, oh, that's a tough one. You know what? I, when I tell people what generation I am, I, there's, there's meant to be a zenial, um, which is something between... Uh, is it zenial? I might get confused. There's like a micro... There's like a, gen, there's like a micro generation between... That's not quite a millennial, but like we're like the generation that you know, grew up and got the first cell phones. We had like the first, like, um, you know, like the first kind of PlayStation games and all of that. But so we remember that we got the internet while we were in high school. And we also like the economy sunk while we finished college. So I think we're kind of a different breed than millennials, but we're not quite like um, the generation above us. Yeah. And actually I, I totally subscribe to that. So yeah, I think it's like a weird five or six year generation whatever it's called i think i think it is Daniel. uh what brought you to london and how long have you been there i've been in london 11 years uh in july i know it's a long time i can't even believe it myself i can't even believe i've been alive this long sometimes <laughs> what brought me here uh, to be honest uh like a sense of adventure really i got a job um when I was living in San Francisco for a couple of years and I spent a whole year unemployed. Um, and then after that, I got a job in New York and, and then through that job, somehow managed to get a job in London. And once I landed here, there's just a lot of work for what I do here. And, um, and I just kind of stayed, but yeah, kind of the, the idea of not having a job sort of brought me here in a way. And it's, and it's weirdly like kept me here because the industry's grown so much while I've been here. Um, real quick, what industry is that? Uh, I work in visual effects for film. Oh, wow. That's exciting. So you definitely are uh, an adventurous person, and you don't strike me as a workaholic, which I want to make very clear. It's not that you strike me as a slacker or somebody who doesn't like work, but you don't seem like someone who is driven by the pursuit of work for the sake of work. Is that accurate, or am I misreading it? Oh, no, I hate working. Um, <laughs> but I do work hard. So I kind of have like, I, I kind of have a funny, a funny relationship within it. And sometimes I like try and unpick it myself, but if I unpick it too much, it makes me not so good at my job sometimes. Well, I hope this doesn't ruin your job then, because that's kind of the design of this podcast is to pick apart decisions like that. So, uh, where do you think that came from? I mean, because like, the way you described it, I, I felt an instant connection. I too don't know what to do when I'm out of work. I feel like 
Actually, I saw a funny meme today. It said, uh, I don't know what's worse, having a job or not having a job. Ha- not having a job is far worse. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm way too, like, there's too much going on in my head. So I do need some structure and routine or something. I need a project and, like, a higher purpose. So I do, I do in the end, enjoy working or, like, just having tasks and things to manage and that. But, like, the stress of it and all that, like, I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I'm not that big a fan of, but somehow I seem to bring it on myself. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird relationship I have with work. But if you were to ask me, do I enjoy working? I would say enough. <laughs> enough, yeah. And that's a good answer. And I, um, what I want to follow it up with is kind of uh, those thoughts that are in your head, because I have many thoughts. Are they like disorganized, anxious thoughts? Are they just thoughts? Like what, what's the pattern of thinking that starts to overtake you if you don't have structure? Um, interesting. So that happened to me. So I was basically getting paid to not do anything like over this winter lockdown, um, before I changed jobs. And I was like, I I basically got cabin fever, like for two months, I really couldn't leave the house and everything was just like closed. So, um, I just start to like, I just start to look for things like look for like basically I think this is what happens to old people like when, when you don't have things to do you don't have a higher purpose you don't have just a purpose like you start looking for purpose so you start stirring up things and just like it, it's almost like picking at things like picking at scabs so there is some anxiety to it but it's mostly just you know where I think your brain's meant to work and if it's not being put to a, like to function in some sort of way then you you look for that in other ways that maybe not as healthy, you know? Uh, yeah. And actually I'm starting to see exactly what it was that I instantly connected with you when I met you, uh, over a year ago. And it's this side of you, this like awareness of the awareness. And it's my favorite thing about being a human because it like blows my mind and keeps me awake at night and annoys the hell out of me. Cause I, I don't think I'll ever figure it out. But, um, what to you is like the higher purpose of your life? Have you discovered that yet? Do you know that yet? Um, no, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't know what my higher purpose is yet, but I know that I am on the path to like, I I guess it's not like a path, but it's more just like, I think, I think that I'm in, I think life is about maintaining a balance. And I think if you maintain that balance, good things come to you because you, you have just, you just have a good vibe about you and like, and then you kind of, that energy sort of like, emanates from you and then good things come from you so I really believe in all of in those kind of cycles whether or not like whether or not like I have a a like some sort of individual purpose I, I haven't really found that yet like to be honest but I do think that um you know I think there's things that that, that I still want to have that will make me whole but in in overall, like I think I'm a pretty simple person in like what I want to get out of life. I like to have fun. I like to travel. I want to fall in love. You know all those things. I don't really like being a parent or something. I've kind of um, sort of I haven't really made up my mind about, and it. it would really depend on my partner. But just those those are the things that those are kind of like the bucket lists, and like just having those things, I think, would be would make you know just elevate my my life but whether or not like I'm you know you know I I fit into some sort of like you know pattern that is like 
you know, intelligent beings put together. I, I don't really think that's the case, no. Well, that was a, that was a great answer, and um, it leads me to the obvious next question, which is, were you raised with any sort of organized religion, slash do you have currently any sort of organization to your spirituality? You know, no, yes, I was, I was raised Catholic, um, and I am spiritual, but I don't have an organized spiritual, like, back like i like sense i guess is what i was would call it like I'm, i don't believe in organized religion but I, I i am a spiritual person and um how i go about my life and how i treat people and the decision making that i do and all that that kind of plays into that how i feel and you know things i've learned and you know my awareness of people and i think all of that 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 is in, in itself is kind of a, like it's a religion i think you know there's things that catholicism has taught me but like there's you know you know just Judaic Christian beliefs are you know in essence if you boil them down like they're very similar um, and those are the things that you know kind of have stayed with me like I don't believe that if I you know don't follow those I'll you know commit sin always but I may am I the best person I can be probably not you know so that's kind of how I go about it that's that's fascinating so. You're kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of the specific, specific question on this podcast, which is what do you think happens when you die? So I, I want to ask you that outright, but then I want to support it with a few other thoughts, which is uh, what do you think happens when you die is the question, but if you can, can you relate experiences along the way that led you to that conclusion, if you even have one? I do have one, actually. I have a very interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, awesome. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, which is why I agreed to do this. So I, I actually have experienced the act of, like, I, I have actually wholly believed that I was dying. I had a very terrible experience when I was 15 years old on an LSD trip. The first time I did LSD, I went to go see The Matrix, and I lost my mind. Um, yeah, so... I ended up, yeah, at, at some point through that evening, I'll spare you the details because they're kind of humiliating, but like the, um, the, the, what I did learn from that night, well, or the experience that I had was that I wholly believed that I was dying and that like something had happened to me and that I was like transcending into some other realm or, you know, I had like, you know, these ideas of like, you know, God on the cross at some point. I also thought I was like God, you know, which is, I don't even know where that came from because I don't really believe that, but like these kind of like symbols and archetypes and things that like your brain like carp like sort of sorts were coming back to me and they were trying to draw meaning from like something that I really believed was happening to me. Um, obviously I didn't die. Um, I was, you know, I, I thankfully like, you know, the acid kind of wore off um, and I came around, but um, yeah, the experience of really believing you're, you're, you're going to die is, is very very frightening and the thoughts that come to you and how, how you want to leave what you what, what your legacy especially when you're 15 um is it really it really changes you and i think that experience um it didn't necessarily like it didn't inform me about life after death but it did change my way of thinking and how i, I approached life and i became very very curious about life and people and just like just like there was something stayed with me that like I couldn't really for many years like um it, it basically like began this it began to un, like a process that like I, I didn't really um 
it didn't it didn't really come to because it still hasn't really concluded but it didn't come to a better place or like find some sort of resolution until i was maybe 23 and i did ayahuasca um yeah so i had another experience and this one it was a lot clearer where i saw i saw the beginning and end of like my life in a way but like i couldn't describe the end because i couldn't tell you exactly what's happening to me but like i saw things i saw it very clearly as this like series of like images and um people um and faces and things that were just like you know kind of morphing in in this like very cosmic experience that i had and from that it it's not like it's not so much that i what I don't know how to describe a trip like that. It's it's not so much that I it's something. It's it's almost like my 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 brain intuitively found peace, like it connected to something that was be like bigger than me, but nothing not, not intelligent bigger than me, but like just like something that that I was a part of already, and like I, I that's what I always tell people is like I call it like life. I guess I don't know. Just like like whatever whatever the life force is whatever that that thing is that we all see in plants or people I don't know um yeah and whatever that was really it 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 helped calm a lot of things in me that were like I had really anxious kind of way between like yeah my adolescence and my early like 20s where I was just was really unsure of myself you know I was like not out then I, I I finally came out um, I just, yeah, it, it felt like things were just going to be okay. And whether or not, yeah, whether or not like that, how, how, what I think happens after death, I'm not quite sure, but I do, I'm not so worried about it anymore. Are you not so worried or are you just not worried? Um, I mean, you know, if I were to be, if I were to be, if you were to tell me that my life was, you know, going to end soon and obviously that would, you know, create, you know, a series of processes in my head again but like i i'm not i i think that things don't ever really end you know things are just kind of like on a cycle you know i it's a it's a it's a theory it's called a theory of like eternal return it's um nietzsche wrote about it and it's just that like things that have existed will continue to exist and will continue to happen in different in maybe a series of different combinations but you will you maybe it won't be, be me, but somebody like me will exist someday and affect people in the same way, in a you know, or in similar ways, and like those reactions just will continue to exist, um, and that's that's kind of that's sort of like at the core of my, my belief system is that we're just part of like, like some sort of cycle. That was an incredibly profound and oddly coherent explanation of an incoherent experience. <laughs> is it i feel like i rambled no you didn't and it was actually very coherent because i've heard multiple people relate their experiences on not only this podcast but just you know all the conversations you have growing up and uh it's like you're trying to describe like that that undescribable the indescribable the sublime slash like all this stuff but it was like your take gelled and made sense to me and it made me feel the piece briefly that you're talking about which was very exhilarating actually because i think there's something to that. And it's, it, we were talking about higher purposes and purposes. And at some point I've kind of realized that I don't know mine either, but I do know that this podcast, like you said, just feels right. Like this pursuit of 
people's experiences. And so yours really relates to me because you mentioned a lot of things, but it was like bookended at 15 and 23. And then it seems like you've almost like took on this personality and this role of like being there for other people who might be on the journey. Does that sound fair? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I definitely, I do think I am that person to people that, I mean, you know, open up. Yeah. And people do open up to me easily probably because I, I kind of, I do, I guess there is some wisdom to that. Like, I don't know, but there's also just like a, a feeling that like things are just going to be okay, you know, and like you just kind of have to step back sometimes. And, you know, like I was saying, like my relationship with work and all that, it's like, it's kind of like a necessary evil, but like at times you have to just be like, well, you know, there's more to this, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that difficult transformation of identity and identity formation, especially in your early 20s, I mean, we all go through it. And especially when you related your generation, I'm in the same group. And like, I feel like that those identity politics and identity formation are like so weird in our generation because we're really between like these like social orders. And, you you know, I'm watching the de, the degeneration of like certain social values and I don't mind them, but it's like weird to watch them go, you know? Yeah, I wonder the same. Like these kids, like don't even speak to each other. It's just all over screens, and like I just wonder if our parents thought the same when we were just playing video games. I don't know, just in a different way that maybe it was alien to them in a way they couldn't understand. But like I think, like I don't know. I think it's what's happening now. It's pretty dark, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it is, and it's strange. And I'm actually not on this podcast because it'll get too like nitpicky but i am curious how it feels in the uk versus here because they're we're so like contemporary and alongside each other but we're not the same at all i mean i've been there enough times to see that so um but i i do want to circle back because you mentioned like when you do something you can feel good or bad and like there was a tinge of not morality to it like you weren't expressing your morality but i am curious if in these experiences of ayahuasca and acid and then just also your own brilliant mind have you do you have a feeling that there is such a thing as a bad action versus a good action? Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think there definitely is like inherent good and like inherently bad things you can do. Um, I mean, there's a lot of gray in between. Um, yeah, for sure. And so do you feel like threatened, coerced or, uh, compelled one way or another to like behave differently and to behave quote unquote better uh, with those experiences, without those experiences, just in general? I think, you know, like, I'll be the first to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a goody two shoes. I never have been. I never will be. Like, I bend the rules. I like, I, I'm, I'm a bit cheeky. So I like to have fun with it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it makes me a bad person, but I think I can, I think that when you behave in ways that make you feel good or like or reaffirm that feeling of good you just you just I guess you just feel more at peace with yourself and that and that is in that in itself creates a, like a biological change in how in how you behave and how you and how you relate to people and and all that so if you if you do something that you probably know isn't great and you you have some guilt from that because you maybe didn't you weren't the best version that you think of yourself then that also has a negative impact because you carry some form of guilt you know I don't know if that were you know that that, that might just be me and my my Christian background maybe but um yeah 
No, I mean, that, that gels with me, but at the same time, I would worry then, uh, specifically with your case, if you were raised Catholic and you're gay and then you realize you are, there has to be a moment of like, wait, which one is which? Am I immoral and they're right? Or am I just fine and they're not? Or is there a hybrid? Did, did that occur to you at all? Or Yeah, and that's the thing is that like, I, I, I do, so like, when I my first year in college, I took this anthropology uh, anthropological course, and it also changed my mind. It was it was the first time I was able to just kind of see us as just you know the animals that we are, and also just like I've always liked science, you know, and just things like um, so you know part of like my degree and like in in what I studied was my last year my senior seminar I wrote a paper on just homosexuality and it's like you know genetic component just to really it just to almost to prove to myself that like I was I was who I was because it wasn't really up to me it was actually just that that's just how I am you know um yeah and and yeah and I, I think that you know that kind of reaffirmed that to me like I do have like, a, like I guess where I'm going with this is I have like I do think of human beings in biological terms and I do think that when people have imbalances or you know there are you know hormonal imbalances or just even if you're I mean homosexuality is a hormonal change or diversion as you're as you're developing in the brain um that is probably maybe different than the majority of what happens to populations but it's not anything like it's not good or bad it's just a mind it's just a minority you know yeah totally no that that really makes sense um do you feel like we and i mean the western valued culture do you feel like we're working towards that or we're already there or like where do you think we as moralistic humans are with the bio versus choice all that I, I think that, yeah, definitely Western society has embraced that for sure. I mean, here and in the States, I, I do think, I mean, you know, I wish sometimes it was, you know, nowadays it's so easy to be gay. When I was younger, it was a lot harder. Um, but I definitely, I definitely do feel privileged because I feel like I've gotten some of those benefits too. Like I was, it, it was early enough for me to just make my life easy enough, you know? And so kind of switching gears, but a, a similar topic I can tell that you're inspirational to people probably even older than you and your own age, but especially people younger, just because you have that warmth and that guiding and you said people confide in you. Do you ever um, recommend that people try ayahuasca or LSD? All the time. Well, LSD is really harsh. Like, I don't know. I think LSD is like, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd even do LSD again. It's just a really intense drug. But um, I did a lot when I was younger. <laughs> ayahuasca, ayahuasca is probably more intense, but in like a much in a different way. And because it's like you know, there's like a, a ceremonial aspect to it. Um, it's different, and it's also you know, I mean, you ayahuasca, you, you basically trip on the chemical that you release from your brain as you die. So those experiences are very, like your body goes through a biological experience. It's very similar to what happens to you when you die. And that chemical exists in all of life, you know? So whatever that chemical is, is like it carries whatever I'm trying to explain. And that's what I really believe. That's, that's so profound. Yeah. And uh, I have also done ayahuasca and I agree with every single thing you said. And it's weird because it's, I'm reticent. I don't know if that's right. Reticent uh, to recommend it to people only because 
just just the look of like, wait, what are you saying? That's crazy. And also people do group it with LSD and other drugs. And I don't think it's, I, I even venture to say it's not a drug because of what you said. It's a chemical that we already have. But um, with that said, do you feel like you're going to ever have to use it again? Or do you feel like you're now on a course that you could, but you don't need it? Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'm thinking of doing it in November again, actually. But I haven't done it in a while. Yeah, I think basically I think it's like a good reset. Like it's not something you want to do all the time because it could, I think too much of anything is bad, you know, and that's like something, you know, that like it, it's true for a reason. And like if you if you dig too deep, like you're, it, you you can also drive yourself crazy with things like that. Like there is no thing, there's no, no such thing as like being like, or like pure or I don't know, some people that get really into doing that like I don't know I mean, that's it's just not where I'm going with it but I do think it, there's like a cleansing and like a cathartic experience that comes in and it just it offers like a reset really um yeah so now and then for sure I probably I, I think I'll I'll do it you know a few times in my life maybe you know maybe every few years or something yeah very cool and I had no expectation when I asked but I'm always curious because we're, we're very like-minded and we're both on a path that we have no idea what the hell it is but we're on it and we at least feel confident in that and so I'm actually looking for camaraderie in this and I'm getting it from you. So I kind of want to know as my last question, probably I I'm curious, how did the experience of lockdown and COVID really deeply affect you? Like philosophically, morally, like alongside all these other conversations we just had, how, how did COVID specifically and the lockdown specifically relate to you? Um, you know, COVID like, to be honest, like I, the last year was um, not that difficult for me, like in the sense that like I could have had it a lot worse. I was very, very lucky. The last, the end, very end bit of like the lockdown this winter was difficult for me just because, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have much to do, even though I was getting paid to work. Um, and, and in those days, like in that period, I, I, I just found, you know, that like, I guess, I don't know, I mean, I wasn't working, but I also, like, I also didn't want to work, so I was just kind of, I just, you start to, like, really, like, look within you and say, well, what is, you start looking for purposes in, in life, and, you know, you, you start to just see the things that, are, that you don't have, you know, so in a way, funny enough, while I wasn't working, I wanted to go back to work, but I also had this dilemma where it's like, well, yeah, but when you're working too much before, so it's just, again, like I said, I want to have a life where I'm still able to pursue the things that I, that, you know, I think are missing or uh, I think would lead to a more fulfilling life, but, um, you know, continue to advance in my career. I don't think that, I don't think that's something that I want to leave. So I think that was a, like, it did kind of, um, it's strengthened, I guess, that idea. Because sometimes I, I, I thought maybe like I'd just quit my job and do something a bit more relaxed and maybe live on a beach somewhere. But I don't think that's for me. You know, I spent some time in Tulum in January and like that whole vibe. It's really fun for a bit, but then I'm also just like, it's just, it's just not reality, you know. And I think for me, like, you know, I, there is something about a career and and that drive and you know the sense of accomplishment when you finish a project and. That, that sense that that gives you I don't know it, it gives you some a sense of pride purpose all those things and like those are things that you just you know as a person find rewarding and are just a, a few of the things that you know make your life fulfilling 
Wow. I'm, I'm so fascinated by your take on everything. And I really love the way you express the joy of just like living life and finding fun. I, I have not heard anyone so far express it the way you have. Oh, I love fun. <laughs> I mean, I somehow have managed to stay. I've got a very like young attitude about things. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's my personality. or just, I just don't really, I don't really take myself that seriously. But yeah, I do. It keeps you young, and it also just keeps you. It keeps you just sane. You know, there's just a lot of madness these days. I mean, we're still, I mean, we've lived in madness this last year. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and uh, I think that's a perfect note to end this uh, particular podcast on. So, Danny uh, from London recently, and uh, from originally Miami, thank you so much for helping us put another nail in the coffin. Uh, Once again, my name is Mike Oppenheim, and you have been listening to Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living, and we will see you soon. When I hear this song and I'm walking alone, walking alone.